If you want to listen to this episode or any of our episodes ad-free, you can do that now. Head on over to Patreon. Click on the ad-free level. You get all of our bonus shows that you've been hearing so much about. Plus, every single day, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, you can listen to this episode or any of our other episodes at the same time, ad-free, over on Patreon. Hey everyone, this is David. Welcome back behind the velvet rope. Let's just get right into it today because we are joined by the one, the only Kelty Knight. Woo! I'm here. In I'm so happy to be here. Studio Melrose. I know, it's Podcast amazing. Studios. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. I'm always, you know, it's really weird because like I split my time between New York and like people in LA love an in-person people in New York um, they're literally two blocks from the studio and they're yeah. like let's do zoom it's, a, it's yeah. a difference of a New York and an LA culture well we're friendly we're friendlier we have more time I mean I I I just I am an OG podcaster so I just think sometimes when you're in person the conversations can be better so I listen I am happy you know? to do an in-person with anyone Yay! that wants to do it we're gonna talk about being an OG podcaster and lady gang and so much but I mean we got to start with super fan oh my god thank you this is I mean you know listen I think for people I think listen there's so many misconceptions about the entertainment business right sometimes I think people that are not in, and this is not said with any arrogance just think you know come up with an idea it takes a minute and there it is but this is your baby it's your idea so what you were saying about Hollywood is absolutely correct. Like behind the velvet rope, I will tell you that, you know, it, it's really I, difficult to get something made. Um, it's difficult to sell a television show. I registered and like thought about this idea in 2013. So it's a full decade of like fixing it, thinking about it, making decks, bringing it to people, working on it. And then um, sometimes I think the opportunity presents itself at the right time and then even after it became like a real thing um it was five years in development and till we actually shot and then it's been a year and a half to get it on the air so it is it is really challenging and that's why people are like you're crushing it you have so many jobs i'm like not by choice i wish i was in mexico right now but like you gotta have like five things going on at all times so that because you don't know how long something's going to take, you know? Totally. And, you know, I feel like I've been a part of projects and everyone's like, oh, my God. I'm like, no, no. Until it's literally signed. And even then, until oh. it's like, you know, premiere date, like you have August yeah. 9th on CBS. Then I'm like, okay, this is actually real. And they're like, but didn't you know this last week? I'm like, yeah, it wasn't announced. And I just don't believe it. I believe nothing until I'm standing in front of a television where it is streaming out to America, I do not believe anything is happening. I am and the it, same. The way. world's always changing, and 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 you hear about this. I heard about this for years working in Hollywood, where people would come up to me on red carpets, and you'd be at the Oscars, they'd be crying, and they'd be so emotional. I'm like, you're a movie star, who cares? But they're crying because this was their passion project, and it took them ten years to get it, and it's been such an emotional roller coaster that finally it's done, and they're like, it's just this relief. So. I'm waiting for my relief August 9th <laughs> August 9th CBS like are you how are you in that process you know because I mean look you do have a lot of jobs right yeah. you know best-selling author Thank you're you like money. e chief news correspondent yeah. lady gang so you know how is it then that you are like okay that's okay like let me just get back up you know like I'm, I imagine there was peaks and valleys in this process since 2013 of course I think um, for me I'm in my gratitude era which is just I'm kind of just happy everything worked out the way it did and I think in life everyone can relate to the fact that when you're moving through it you don't understand and you're frustrated and you're like why is this happening this always happens to me and then it's always for the right reason. You know, um, we got moved because of the writer's strike and now we're, you know, our lead in is Big Brother, one of the biggest shows on television. So you can't be mad at that. Like the universe clearly is like protecting me in, in some way. Um, but I think, I think for me, like I, 
I still struggle and am living in this mindset of like nothing's ever good enough. So even just last night, we had LL Cool J, who's our first super fan episode um, on E! News. So it was this weird like triangle of life. So I was interviewing LL about his tour. And then also like, by the way, you're also on my show. And we talked about that. And like I got up this morning and I watched it and I rewatched it and then I'm just picking myself apart. I'm like, well, I should have said the premiere date, but I didn't. And then I should have followed up with this and I should have done this and my hair was weird and my butt, you know, like I just instantly pick myself apart. And my producing partner, I sent her the clip this morning. She's like, Kelty, he loved the show. He loved being on the show. What he said about it is like what we dreamed of these stars, like getting to interact with their biggest fans and having this really emotional connection with them. She's like, that is what we pitched in the room all these years ago. Like, forget your cowlick. Forget your one word you messed up. Like, we did it, you know? And it's funny. You need people around you to remind you, like, all the hard work you're doing as you're just trudging through like, wait, you're right. Like, it's okay. And I think that that's the thing that people don't understand about Hollywood and people in Hollywood is that, like, no one ever feels like they made it. No one ever feels like they're successful or beautiful enough or talented enough. Like, everyone's just, we're just insecure little weasels running around Hollywood. Totally. That's what I say. I'm like, listen, there's Julia Roberts and there's, you know, George Clooney and Brad yeah. Pitt and then there's everyone else. Everyone else. And it's else. just, we're all kind of living the same life. Maybe, you know, little slight differences. Sure, sure, but sure. we're all just hustling and that's how it works, it's right? It's just how it works. And it's it's a really, um, I just watched the Hollywood Reporter Actresses Roundtable and Cheryl Lee Ralph was on it. And she said this great quote about you just have to be so strong in who you are and yourself because because when you get some success, it will eat you and chew you up and you will become the worst version of yourself. And why wouldn't you? Like, even in this show, um, with Superfan, like when we were going through the development process, there was so much discussion about can a woman host a show and um, what will she wear? And, you know, like, well, should it be you or should we get someone else? And I was like, I have three Emmy Awards, like a best selling book. And it was still like, well, maybe we should get this girl who was on Bachelor in Paradise, you know? And you're like, ah, <laughs> like, ah. Anyway, but it, it's me. Yay. Was that <laughs> – well, I mean, right. Like, it, it, it's yours. You're the producer. You're the yeah. – like, was that – I mean, you, I imagine, created it also to host it just because that is what you do. Yeah. Were you – was there anyone else, like, in the mix that we know of? And would you – I guess, ultimately, you would do this project if you weren't the host. But you are. And I don't know why it would be someone else when it was your idea. Well – you never know, and um, I'm an aging woman in Hollywood, and there is that thing of, like, anyone above the age of 32 is expired. So by the time this started to get made, I was close to 40, and I, I was thinking, like, oh, my God, maybe I'm not, like, that cute young thing anymore that's, like, meant for TV. And so I was thinking about that, but you are correct. Um, we created it, my producing partner and I both created it, um, with the thought in mind that I would host um, because I was like, wait, all these great, huge, shiny floor music shows are happening on television. And everyone has allegedly lost my phone number. I don't I don't know why they're not calling. I feel like I'm ready. Um, and I was like, wait, nobody's calling. I guess I'm going to have to create my own shiny floor music show. And um, and then because we created it, we could pick the host. And I picked me. <laughs> That's on, listen, people lose my phone number all the time too, right. so don't worry. I'm about like, ring, it. ring, I'm ready. But I've, I've just loved music my whole life. I was a professional dancer growing up and then uh, in my 20s. And then music really was the start of my hosting career. I hosted the music for Live Nation, I had a show there. And then I'll admit it as important as it is for me to eat healthy and put the right nutrients into my body and hydrate. I'm really not great at it. I'm always on the go. I'm never making that a priority and I'm always hungry. This was a real problem until I discovered 310 Nutrition. I love 310 Nutrition's water hydrators. You just add them to water and they make your water taste so much better. They also have refreshing lemonade mixes. My personal favorite, they're all-in-one shakes. I love their caramel sundae, their vanilla cake, the shamrock cream. I drink one of these shakes and it totally satisfies my hunger. 
They're low in fat and low carbs, which I love. They also satisfy my carb craving. But don't take my word for it. Right now, 310 is celebrating a new year of goals with code VELVETROPE and giving our listeners 50% off up to $100 off your first order. With so many sample packs, new products, it's really fun and it's easy to put together an order or start a subscription on products you know you'll use. Go to 310nutrition.com and use the code VELVETROPE right now for 50% up to $100 for your first order. That's 310nutrition.com and use code VELVETROPE. This summer, my Hamptons house has seriously turned into a hotel. And although I love my friends dearly, there's not been one visitor that's come without needing to borrow something. I keep extra toothbrushes, extra toothpaste, soap, anything they might need. Well, turns out I also now have several relief bands on hand. True story, we were going from my house in Sag Harbor to East Hampton the other night. The Uber is stopping and going. These roads are so windy in the Hamptons. I had my relief band on, so I was fine. Didn't realize I'm not the only one of my friends that gets completely car sick. Do you know that relief band is the number one FDA-approved anti-nausea wristband that's been clinically proven to quickly relieve and effectively prevent nausea and vomiting? I use it regularly, and it really does work. It's for motion sickness, anxiety, migraines, hangovers, even morning sickness and chemotherapy. It's perfect for those unexpected nausea-inducing moments. Right now, I have an exclusive offer just for Behind the Velvet Rope listeners. If you go to reliefband.com and use promo code VELVET, you get 20% off plus free shipping. So head to R-E-L-I-E-F-B-A-N-D.com and use promo code VELVET for 20% off plus free shipping. Hosting that was what brought me to CBS in the first place when I was on The Insider. I did kind of just just only did the beat of music. I had a music digital series there. And then I got pulled up to the shows. And so I've always been kind of like that music girl. So this feels like a coming home, even though over the years I've I've become uh, a little wider scope of the entertainment world. Like music is my thing. I'm married to a music manager. My best friend is a recording artist. So it's just like this feels right. It feels right. So it's right. It's fans competing yes. to prove that they're the super fan of people like L. Cool J and Yeah. So I wanted we wanted to create a show where you didn't need a talent. So because there's so many shiny floor game shows where it's like you're singing, it's American Idol, the voice, like you're competing to be the next superstar or America's Got Talent where you're like, I can blow fire and do magic and ride a horse backwards or whatever that is. But I was like, what about the people who don't have any talent like me? I have no musical talent. No, like I like here. what my talent is that I know everything about Shania Twain. Like who's giving an award for this? So that's really the premise of the show is you get these, you know, a-list stars and we search the country for their biggest super fans um, and those super fans compete for a once in a lifetime opportunity and uh, they, America votes on who's the number one super fan and we show them they have to plead their case directly to the f- star Shania Twain here's my back tattoo of your face that I've had for 30 years I've seen you 30 times your music got me through this thing I learned English listening to your music like all these really cool things and there's three rounds of gameplay musical and trivia and all these really cool elements Um, the star performs and then America votes uh, on the final two and we have no idea who's going to win the show so it's America's vote and they win something incredible Gloria Estefan is one of our episodes and she is like, okay, you can have the congas from the conga music video signed. And we're like, okay, that's amazing. And then she's like, and then I'll fly you to Florida and you can stay at one of my hotels for a few nights. And we're like, oh my God, that's amazing. And then she's like, and then on Saturday night, you can come to my house. I'm going to cook you dinner with my whole family. Like the super fan is going to Gloria's house for dinner. That's crazy. Artists are not doing that for their, their fans. Yeah, it's crazy just because, listen, now who are you a super fan of? Like in musically. Okay, so there's like a trifecta. Dolly Parton. Um, I grew up in northern Canada, so I'm a big country music fan. Shania Twain is one of my my defining artists, and she's the second episode of Superfan. And let me tell you, I could have competed. Really? I could have competed on the show. Um, I would have won, I think, uh, if America voted for me. But 
I love her so much that you can actually tell. It's kind of funny. The first episode is um, LL Cool J, and Nate Burleson is my co-host from CBS Mornings, and he loves LL. So you can kind of, when you watch the show, see him nerding out and being like, what is my life? And then on the Shania episode, you see me, and I'm just like, it's Queen Shania. <laughs> my voice is cracking. I'm like, I'm so uncool, but I, I'm supposed to be the one that had us sit together. But I was just so excited. I love Shania. Um, right now, I love Harry Styles. I'm a Swifty. Uh, my favorite artist of all time is this singer-songwriter named Matt Nathanson. I've seen him like 35 times. He's my favorite. Um, and my best friend is Christina Perry, who is a, a recording artist. And um, she's like, I'm her super fan, too. Well, this is why I think it's such a great idea because, I mean, listen, everyone loves music and everyone is a super fan of any of somebody, right? Yeah. I would like to make it known right here okay. behind the velvet rope that yeah. when you get Cher, I mean, like if you couldn't yes. tell I was a gay man, yes. if you get Cher or Madonna, okay, uh, you please. Cher was actually, um, we were in talks with Cher. I don't know if I'm allowed to say that, but I'm just going to say it. We we did have a conversation with her. The timing didn't work for her uh, with other things that she had going on, but she loved the idea. So I feel like in a season two, we could have a share moment, I'm and I'm going to call you for your casting submission. And we it, the casting is intense, by the way. Like, to get on Superfan, these people are real fans. We found them through fan bases, social media. They had to send in videos, and then we judged them on three huge things. So you had to have musical knowledge. You had to know all the songs inside out upside down backwards you had to have like a trivia knowledge where you would know like facts about them and stuff and then you just had to have this like fandom knowledge and it was like have you you know not paid your car payment so that you can like get tickets to the show like what what do you own like do you have a like someone had like a Gloria room in their house that was like just all their stuff one woman on the LL Cool J episode was like here's the towel the sweat towel that I got in 1988 at his concert and he wiped his sweat with it and threw it to the audience and she's had it in a Ziploc bag in her closet all these years so it's just like it's like that that Je ne sais quoi that makes you like not just an everyday fan. What's your, what do you have? I was just going to say, maybe I would like to remove myself from this process. (laughs) You're like, I have a lock of her hair, you know, and then we're like. But I know, I mean, from going to like, you know, listen, I've met Cher like four times because I've flown to Vegas and I did the meet and greet. That's huge. But, you know, things like that. But no, I mean, you do know people like, I know someone that has, like, yes, that has a huge Madonna tattoo on his arm. And I'm like, yeah. well, this might be a little more than I'm willing to commit. Right, right, right. But, I mean, am I going to see Madonna on this celebration tour, like, here in New York, in yeah. the middle of the country? Sure. And there was really sweet stuff, too, like, um, and and weird. So a really sweet moment on the show in the Ella Cool J episode, there's this, um, there's this guy, he's a young guy, and you can just tell he's kind of had a rough life a little bit and doesn't have a lot. And so um, in his audition, we were like, well, where's your stuff? Like, where's your T-shirts? Where's your books? And he's like, I don't have a lot of material stuff. Like, I've just, I've just always looked up to this man and I've lived my life the way that he lives his life. And he did very well in the competition. And I was just like, oh, it's cool. So it's not just about the stuff. Right. But then on the Little Big Town, so Little Big Town is one of my favorite country artists, this foursome. And um, they have that amazing song. Uh, better man and uh, the harmonies are amazing and so they're one of our country acts and there was a super fan who she got up there and it was time for her to plead the case to the band and she's like what you don't know about I've been to hundreds of your concerts I've met you at all the meet and greets what you don't know is that I have uh, plans for you to sing me into the uh, thereafter you will be playing at my funeral as they lower the casket into the ground it's already prearranged and Philip the guitar player is crying and I'm like this is so weird <laughs> and then I'm like but like you do you girl like if this is what you want and this is like but it was just the stories are so strange and so amazing and you just can't even believe that people are that much of a fan yeah and you have to re- you're like wow you know listen I always if I were not working and yeah. like another life yeah like I might just following like I would probably be going to every right. Madonna show on exactly. this exactly it's just there's life yeah, but there's I life. do respect that hustle I yeah. totally get it people are like nuts and yeah. bananas I love it I love, I love it. it and so I just wanted to show like I wanted to show where you could 
being a fan was like the job, was the talent. Because we, fans are what run this entire world. They run this podcast, my podcast, our TV shows, like whatever else you're doing. It's having listeners and your community, whether it's, you know, a community as big as Madonna's or a community like ours, like that is what runs the world. And so I just really wanted to showcase that and give back. And then the Grammys really is my favorite night of the year. And so this is like just a little mini Grammys extension. It's a huge musical production. You get this huge performance from the artist. Like, it's just it's so special. Out of all, like, the red carpets you've covered, like, it's all about the Grammys for you. The Grammys is my favorite night of the year. Um, I have just covered it for years. I hosted a lot of Grammy specials for CBS, which is kind of actually one of the Grammys in 2018. I just remember because I was wearing this great star dress. And then we have a star, the logo on Superfan, so it's a little homage. That was the first conversation that we had with the network about Superfan. And I was like, you guys, we need to do more music shows on CBS. And they were like, yeah, well, bring us a music show. And I was like, ding, 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 I've got one. So that was kind of the first like conversation. Um, And I just, I love musicians. I think they're so fun and and it's listen we're in the middle of an apocalypse i don't want to bring us down but like what is happening on earth the ai robots are coming for us we should just get with our families on wednesday night after big brother and enjoy a nice family show before it all blows up you know Listen, you had me at Big Brother lead-in. I mean, I, again, in another lifetime, no, I've stopped applying. I haven't applied in years, but I used to apply in another lifetime for Big Brother every year. It's I love such, that show. It's a brilliant show. So brilliant. And, like, it's just crazy to me because Julie Chen, in a way, has been a mentor for me when I was first starting out. She was so amazing to me. I used to appear on the talk all the time, and she was just such a big supporter of me and has been a friend. And so we actually had her on E! News like just a couple weeks ago, and we're in the dressing room, and I'm looking at her. I'm like, you're my Julie Chen. And like, but first, but first, yes. but first, is the lead-in for my show. Like, it's it's that's the kind of stuff that blows your mind. And... I feel unworthy, but I'm going with it. <laughs> Do you... Uh- You've interviewed so many people. Yeah. I mean, speaking of Julie Chen, like, do you have you ever had this like your best interview, like, or just something that sticks out as far as people you've interviewed? I've done some really crazy stuff. Speaking of music, I think um, my favorite interview I ever did was with Ed Sheeran. So I have a like a long storied kind of history with Ed. Yeah. Um, when I first started working at CBS, I had this digital show which I was telling you about. It was called Fangirl, and I would run around Los Angeles and interview people um, who were just breaking out. Like, I I didn't know anything about booking stars or really anything. So I would get the, um, not the Village Voice, but the LA Weekly. I would get the LA Weekly and I would see in those back pages, like, who was playing the Whiskey A Go-Go. And I would be like, oh, it's, you know, this band, this band. And I would look them up and then I would go on their website and be like, info at edsheeran.com. Like, I didn't know publicist. I didn't really, I just finished being a dancer. I didn't know how the world worked. And so... I remember for some reason this uh, publicist at Atlantic Records was like, oh, do you want to interview Ed Sheeran? And I was like, I have no idea who this man is. And I look online. He's got this red hoodie. He's got this song, A-Team. I'm like, it's kind of a cute song. I was like, sure. So he was playing the smallest nothing concert. And we're in the garbage backstage. And I had one little camera and one little light. I'm not even in the shot. And I'm interviewing him. And he turns to like his publicist guy at the time, his manager, and he's like, am I famous here yet? Because he was so big in the UK, but no one in America knew him. And the the publicist is like, I'm working on it. And that day he gave me like a little let go because his other song was called Lego House. He gave me a little Lego that I still have. So I was one of his first interviews, if not the first interview in the United States. And then from then on, as he blew up, he was so loyal to me. He'd come to me for every exclusive. He would let me backstage at things when no one else was covering it. Um, He was very sweet when I had my show on E! He did my E! show, like first episode. And so a couple years ago, my very first favorite interview, sorry, this is a long-winded story of me telling you, like... So we, we kept seeing each other, and, like, there was a time when he was a small artist. He would do red carpets, and then he got so big that he wouldn't do it, just sit down only. And so anyway, all these years later, I was working on The Insider, and I, he was doing a big tour. And I was like, "Can I'll come to D.C. Like, let me fly to D.C. Can I go backstage with you? And he's like, okay. And so every time I saw Ed, I would bring him a present. So, like, one time I cross-stitched, like, Ed and me, like, best friends. One time I made T-shirts that said best friends. One time I bought him, like, a pizza and a bottle of gin, which was, like, a song. Like, every time I saw him, I brought something. This time I brought those, like, 
scooters. You know those things that everyone had for a minute? It was like a mini Segway where you stood on it and you could like just zip yes. around, but it didn't have a handle. It was just your feet. And I think they got yeah. like burnt some airplanes and got taken off the market. Yeah. Anyway, I brought two all the way to DC with me and a, and a bike helmet and wrist guards because I was like I will not break Ed Sheeran and I was like I got my present for you and I give him the the segue and he's like holy hell and his manager's like you are not riding that you're gonna break Ed I was like no and so we actually got on the segue with the entire camera crew both of us and we rode around the entire arena his bus holding hands with our stupid rainbow hats on and like that is just something that you don't get to do with superstars of that level. Yeah. And I think that was like one of my coolest, coolest interviews ever. Um, just because he was like, we can do whatever you want. Like, where do you want to go? You want to go to catering? Like, there was no, it was just so chill. Um, so I loved that. I like that. Sorry, that's such a long-winded no, story. That's... But, but that's like how it works. It's like, no one's getting that exclusive. You don't get to interview Beyonce. On, you have had to love and been interviewing her since she was... 15 years old that's to get like that. That's like Madonna with like right. Kurt Loader, like when she right. really, or like, you know, Diane's, like she has exactly. like people. I mean, right. okay, it's and so Diane people, Sawyer, right. but yeah. No, but it's people that you trust and there's a reason those interviewers and interviewees do that is because they really trust those people and they know that they know the things that they don't want to talk about, the things they do want to talk about and so... Rocket Money has helped me so much, and I really think it can help you. You know, I'm always having to watch certain TV shows to do research for all these interviews I conduct here on this podcast. And I'm going to be honest with you, I don't got time to watch the whole show. I just watch the bare minimum of what I need to do to prepare, and then I'm not going to watch the show again. So because of that, I have to subscribe to so many TV streaming services, and then I forget to cancel my subscriptions. I'm really busy. That's where Rocket Money has come in. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your own unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps you lower your bills all in one place. Do you know that over 80% of people have subscriptions that they forget about? That means 80% of you listening. Rocket Money quickly and easily finds all your subscriptions. And any you don't want to pay for anymore, you just hit cancel and Rocket Money will cancel it for you. It's that easy. Stop throwing your money away. Cancel unwanted subscriptions and manage your expenses the easy way by going to rocketmoney.com slash velvet rope. That's Rocket rocketmoney.com slash velvet rope let me say it one more time rocketmoney.com slash velvet rope yeah that's pretty cool what about the opposite like have you ever met some interview where you're just like either yeah. like so excited or you're a fan yes no i um i actually wrote i can talk about this because i wrote about it in the last lady gang book i had an interview uh with an a-list 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 actress that went so wrong um, I had been interviewing them and, uh, like I had asked a question and it, it didn't come, it wasn't right. And, and a lot of times what someone says in an interview, then with all the online madness, it kind of like, it's a game of telephone. So you could be like, Kelty is a nice person. And then by the time six people write about it, it's like Kelty's a horrible, like it just gets, you know, lost in translation. Oh, yeah. And so the headline that went out to the world had said something like, um, it was Julie Roberts and the headline had said, um, Julia Roberts says she's done with rom-coms, which is not what she said to me. She said, essentially, like, at a certain age, it doesn't make sense for someone, like, I was like, when are you doing another rom-com? She's like, at a certain age, it's like, are you going to believe I'm that naive in love and that dumb, you know, to be in a rom-com? Because they're usually, like, young girls that are making bad choices. And so I was like, you know what? Touche. You're right. Vogue picked it up and they were like, Julia Roberts is done with rom-com. So I saw her on a red carpet and she came up to me and she said, Kelty, you put words in my mouth. And I was like, what? I have offended Queen Julia. I was mortified. And she was like, I never said I was done with rom-coms. And I was just like, this is happening. This is happening. This is happening. She was pissed. Um, but we figured it out. And I was like, I didn't say that. Like, oh, you know, and we figured it out. And I've seen her since and everything's cool. But that was mortifying for me because she's the biggest movie star in the world. And you're like, I... Like, I didn't mean to. It wasn't my fault. But I, we, I've messed this up for her. And she's upset about it. And, like, the thought of going to sleep being like, you've upset America's sweetheart just, like, really killed me. Listen, I mean, this podcast gets lots of headlines all over. It's the same thing. Listen, I've had people, publicists, at the, go down the list exactly that. And it's like, A, the quote is not wrong. It's never a wrong quote, right? But you're like... I am not People Magazine. I am right. not. I didn't make that headline. Yeah, it's really it's hard. A, it's a fine line. It's a right? fine line, and and I think your reputation. You know, you have to just be impeccable with your reputation and your intent, and and then anyone who's 
massive like that. They know the way this works. Yeah. Um. So I never really found out if she was like just taking the piss, if she's like messing with me, because I I'd seen her a zillion times that year. We've been in Cannes together, and anyway. But either way, Julia, I love you. I'm so sorry, and I do hope you make another rom com. <laughs> I, well, she did actually. She made the one with George Clooney last year. I am ready to see a Julia Roberts rom com. I'll every see her day. be dumb in love until she's 97. Yeah. I don't care. But I mean, also, she's then standing in front of you. So that's, yeah, I know. I mean, listen, there are certain people less now. But when I first started out, I would like lose sleep for like months. I'd yes. be like, I'm, I'm, I'm done. I have to pack my bags yes. and move to like God knows where. Yeah. But when she's standing, yeah, Julia's one that you don't really want on your bad side. No, not at all. At, at all. And like the people, I get nervous around weird people. Like I get so nervous around um, Paula Abdul because I just love her. And I get nervous around, like, Dolly Parton, who's the most lovely person and is, like, Santa Claus. Um, but you're you're just like, I don't want to mess this up because I just, like, love and respect you so much. You and I have a complete mutual love for Miss Paula Abdul. Like, beyond, she's one that I, she did, like, a tour, I don't know when, maybe, like, 2018. It was, like, a mini tour. Yeah. And I went to, like, you know, all, like, in the New York area, but yeah. I went to, like, five shows. Yeah, I, I five different shows. I love Paula so much, and I I'm sorry, I'm going like this, aren't I? No, you're fine. Um, I I love Paula, and I she's the only person that has never appeared on Lady Gang podcast that I have asked and said she's passed, not passed, but like her team is like it's not the right time. Um, and I she's all this only person I want, and for actually for my birthday two years ago, the Lady Gang podcast. My partners got a cameo. They bought a cameo from Paula because they're like, she's never going to come on the podcast, but like, we know you love her. And then she got really busy and she canceled the cameo. So we didn't even get the cameo. So like, all I have is just my collection of Paula Abdul CDs and t-shirts. I love her. She's forever my girl. She's forever our girl. She is forever Ah. our girl. Let me tell you, I... I don't know if we were close, but we were this podcast because we have a mutual friend. So the friend was like, listen, it's nothing personal. You just have to, and listen, I I know how it works. You have to lay out why it is you want her. You know, I had to type it. So I'm like, they read it. They were like, this is unbelievable. I'm like, oh oh my God, Paul is coming. And I was like, Zoom. Literally, I was like, you don't understand. I will do 10 minutes. Mm -hmm. I can make a whole show around it. Don't worry about me. I just need this and yeah. it just they they tried and it really yeah. she she was into it it yeah. just didn't i was like this just tell her i'm a super fan like it's yeah. not but i'm professional like yeah, it's yeah. not it didn't happen no but i get it i get it <sighs> we're waiting on paula forever it's funny because i went to so we i cover a lot of like reality tv stuff so yeah. i went to homeless not toothless which yes. is jory kemsley's charity of as you know, because you're in this space. Iconic. And so, like, I went because, like, they were filming it and, like, yeah. I had to cover it. And then we get there, we get the program, I open it up. It's like, tonight's thing will be emceed by Paula. I'm like, what? So, emceed. So, the friend I went with is like, what? Like, she didn't care. And I'm like, yeah. sweetie, like, we need to just take a breath. It just was one of these nice I surprises. I mean, she was like, it's like this is the highlight of the night that Paul. She's like that Paul is. I'm seeing it. I'm like you have no, no idea what you're saying. No, people either get it or they don't, and they don't, they don't, and that's fine. But you're wrong. Do you speaking of homeless, not toothless, and R H O B H? Do you are you into reality TV? You don't have to be. No, I am. Okay. Um, so I watch uh, O C. Uh, I watch Beverly Hills. I watch Salt Lake City. I've obviously been following Scandaval. Um, I love RuPaul's Drag Race, and those are my shows in the reality world. I watch a little of everything because it's my job, but like if I was going to go on an airplane and download a season, it would be those. Beverly Hills is just still... I And I got in trouble because I'm a late Beverly Hills starter, so I didn't realize that Lisa was so problematic. And then I was just like, well, no, she's just a great actor, and like she's funny, and that everyone like canceled me online, and they're like, you can't like Lisa. I was like, I kind of like her. Ah, I'm sorry. So I'll probably get canceled yet. Listen, Melrose Place, man. I mean, Lisa holds a special place in my she's heart. She's amazing. Um, I just think it's like the best form of relaxation yeah. The fashion. Oh, I like Selling Sunset, too. Um, and I heard you talk. So I just had, I just sat down with Adam Rapon. I know I'm oh, Lady yeah, Gang. Just so I think in preparing for this interview, I saw that. And I was like, oh, you guys talked about Selling Sunset. Selling Sunset is one of the best reality shows in the history of reality TV. Let me go on record. 
I feel like a proud mother of Chriselle. And I remember meeting her a zillion years ago. She was engaged to Justin. They started, it was when This Is Us just started, and she started coming to red carpets a lot with him. And she was always like dressed immaculately and so beautiful and so nice. And they did a lot of red carpets together. And um, I was like, you're just like really cool and I feel like you're the star here but you're not getting your chance to shine so there's something so cool about I remember when the first season of Selling Sunset came out and I was like what is this girl doing she's never gonna act again what a disaster what a bad career move you're gonna be on this selling like oh my god like no and then it becomes the biggest show she's the hottest thing since sliced bread she's gorgeous she's in love her life has worked out for her like I feel so happy for her it's really exciting you almost mini discovered Chriselle. I mean, I didn't. She was already like on the soaps and doing amazing. But like, I just feel like, I don't know, can't g- keep a good star down. I love it. I think it's so ridiculous. Like these outfits. We just had Mary on Lady Gang too. I'm like, what are you wearing? Like, this is an insane thing to be wearing. I am glad this season, season six, they're showing houses again. Because I felt like season five and four, they stopped showing the houses. And I still want to see a little bit of the house. I want to see that. I thought this season was somehow the fashion even... Incredible. I'm like, I don't know. I felt like it even stepped up. Like Chelsea. Well, Mary and Chelsea's amazing. Mary got a stylist. She told me. She was like, I've been styling myself this whole time. And she actually got a stylist. So, yeah, it's next level. She loves her Vivian Westwood that Mary. Every She's actually coming on here Monday. I'm saying, like, she's she's one of those that. She's amazing. Out of everyone, she just always does my show every season. So, shout out to Mary. Yeah, Mary. But it's like, it's just the, and Brie, like, just because, yeah. I mean, you have to wonder. You have drama. Now, you say Chriselle is so great. Christine yeah. is gone. Yeah. You know? I heard you and Adam were talking about Christine. Yeah, people, well, Adam doesn't trust anyone that loves fashion. He's like, I don't, when you're like, I love fashion. He's like, I don't trust you. And I thought it was interesting, like, I, I don't know. I thought it was interesting, like, because with Christine, I really thought the show might struggle without you need someone who's That's the bad girl. That's one of my girl. questions for Mary. Yeah. I, I thought, I mean, it hasn't missed a beat, but it I really didn't was miss worried. A beat. And it was almost better yeah. because it didn't seem so forced. And I feel a little bit sad for Christine because I think, well, she had to do what was right for her. But like when you are on a hit television, I don't know, maybe it's just, I've just seen so many shows come and go and so many stars come and go and have their moment. And then your moment's over. When you're on a hit show, you don't leave. That's my advice. You don't take, like you're great, but you are great because you're on the hit show. I agree with that. Like, I would hold on. And I think... Hold on for dear life. Hold on for... And I think maybe... It's so hard to be on a hit show. There's one a year. And she didn't just leave. Like, she She left and then, like, burnt the bridge. Right. And Lisa will go back, I think. I think there's some sort of back table discussion, I'm sure, where they're like, you're going to be on pause for a minute until people sort of, like, you know. But she'll be back. She's made for reality TV. And she was very respectful with the way she left. Christine, I think, kind of burnt the fire. So think so i was like unless you already have a deal for your own show i wouldn't burn the bridge but yeah like everyone netflix has, adam tavella there's a lot of bridges here that are kind of big that you're burning big yeah and and the moment goes so fast like i remember when i first got hired at entertainment tonight or no at the insider one of my bosses at the times iconic executive producer that had been there a long time she looked at me and she said um she said it's like almost it was almost like a devil wears prada moment where she's like everyone wants to be us and she's like here's the good thing about us we're always here she's like the stars come and go the hot thing comes and goes but we're always here and don't ever forget that you know and i was like whoa this is so deep but it 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 kind of informed the way that we went out into the world with a sense of confidence of like, listen, we don't have to get every exclusive and you don't have to talk to us every time, but like, we're going to be here. We're a staple. So, you know, please treat us with the respect that we deserve and to not worry too much about the little minutia of it all because it's just a game of Hollywood that just keeps never ending. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah, 100%. I, I agree with all of that. Yeah, that's good advice. Do you think Beverly Hills is going to be like selling Sunset? Were we worried about Christine like without Lisa? Like, do you think this is going to be, is it going to, because we don't have any leaks. I mean, they 
they're done filming. Like, is yeah. it going to be just a resetting, maybe not as interesting no, season? No, I felt like Garcelle was coming into her, like, Garcelle era. And I really like Garcelle. Yeah. And I think she's very straightforward. And that can often cause conflict. So I think that they're going to have enough conflict. Um, and I think it'll be fun. And, and you, you know, Dorit's going to show up in the outfit. So we have the fashion covered. I don't know. I mean... I hope it's an okay season. I really hated the last season of Salt Lake when it was like talking about Heather's black eye for like nine episodes. I was like, we need something. And I, then I'm like, Jen Shaw's in jail. I'm like, where are people? But I'm I'm excited. I, I will be watching. You know, you live, you're in the business. We had Denise Richards as well, Kyle. But like you're in the business. You live here. I mean, has your phone ever rang from Evolution, Bravo, Andy? I'm ready. Actually, um, I would love to be a housewife because I love a costume and I am a showgirl. Um, no one has called me. I, I think it's the same thing like with Superfan. Like they possibly maybe just lost my phone number. So I'm happy to give it out. Please DM me. But what I was going to say is actually um, Becca and Jack, who are my co-hosts on my podcast, yeah. Lady Gang, we've discussed this before. And they were like, you would actually be a terrible, terrible housewife because I am not someone that enjoys talking behind other people that I know like when they want to gossip and they want to be like did you see blah 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 on Instagram I just like I say nothing because when I was like 21 years old I was living in New York City I said something behind a friend's back and I got back to them and it was like a big fight and I was like never again I will never say anything behind someone's back that I couldn't say to their face and so they're like that makes you that's gonna it's bad housewifing you need to be able to like talk shit about your friend and then bring it up at dinner later and whatever but I am a good time I love I love to drink tequila. Like I feel like I could be great, but I I need super fan to like have at least four or five hit seasons, and then I think I could be in the running. Oh, also I had a huge fight with Andy Cohen, so I probably won't ever be a housewife. Okay, well talk to me about that. Yeah. So when we this is so funny. I just remembered this. Um, okay, so I was hosting the Grammys red carpet live. And I got off and I was like so excited. And hosting live television is much harder than people think it is. Um, a lot of people, in the, especially since the internet has like become so big, have like canceled a lot of people for like, oh, you're just so bad at the red carpet. Being like on a four hour long red carpet, it's madness. And then to be live on television, can't hear anything. You have to have everything memorized. Like it's, it's kind of an intense undertaking for sure. Um, so I was hosting this Grammys red carpet live and I thought I was doing a fine job. And I was really excited and we finished like the four hours or whatever and I get off and like my phone is blowing up and I was like, what? And everyone's like, did you see what Andy said about you? And I was like, wait, what? And I was like, oh my God, Andy Cohen loves me. Um, so then I went on his stories and he did not love me. He did not love my performance. He was like, I don't remember exactly what he said, but it was something like, who is this and why is she such a bad host? Um, and, and I... Anyway, so I was like, well, and so at the time, Lady Gang, we had our show on E! And we were working with a producer named Matt Anderson. And Matt had worked on a lot of the Housewives show with Andy, and they were really close friends. And I was like, Matt, I feel like I need to rebuttal this. And he was like, I can help you. Let's send Andy, like, something to his office in New York, like a like a F you from you. And I was like, yeah, and let's do it on the show. Like, you know, because E! is part of the Bravo family. So we're like, yeah. yeah, and we'll film it, and it'll be great for the show. So I sent Andy a bag of dicks. It was like big gummy dicks. I probably am not supposed to say this. DeAndre's probably going to laugh about this and make you take it out. But I'm going to tell it because I actually think it's great. So I sent him this big bag of dicks. And I was like, yeah, because you're such a dick. And then he gets them and he's filming himself unopening, opening them. And he's like, Kelty, he's like, oh, a bag of dicks. He's like, well, too bad I love dick. <laughs> and I was like, God damn it, you got me again. So that was my fight with Andy Cohen. I think he thinks I'm a bad host. Um, we've been invited twice to be bartenders on Watch What Happens Live. He's never invited me to be on Watch What Happens Live. I feel like I would be a great guest. Um, I'm ready to put the riff behind us, Andy. And I've improved my hosting skills. Okay, and but you were you were the bartenders. So. No, we didn't go. Oh, really? We said no. That was my question. Yeah. No, I I feel like. Well, actually, I'll do anything because I'm desperate for validation and attention. But Becca Tobin, who is in my podcast, she's an actual actress that has had like real success. Yeah. And she's been a guest on Watch What Happens Live. And she's like, you can't go from guest to bartender. 
you can bartend and then you can be a guest but like she's like I've actually sat in the guest seat so like for me to go back and bartend now I can't go backwards and I was like okay and I was like can I go by myself and we have to do everything as a trio so I never I mean I'll go this time no actually I won't I, I want to like sit this. down, Andy. I want to tell you what I think of Tom Scandival saying that he had sex with Ariana and she had a t-shirt on and it was so boring. I've had sex lots of times in a t-shirt and it's fantastic. Are you shocked at the Scandival and like, wh- I mean, why? Why do we care? We, I'm personally a little over it. No, but we're I, over I mean, it. I talk about it at least four days a week here. Yeah, I'm over it. Um, I think it's like the ultimate deceit. Like, I think it's that everyone, it's not just that the guy cheated on you. It's that the guy cheated on you with your really good girlfriend and the girlfriend was in on it and they both lied to you. Like, that level of deceit is, I think, what people get cheated on all the time. And people, you know, leave each, like, it's, I'm, you know, just saying with Superfan, like, Shania Twain has a very famous story. Like, her husband left her for her best friend. And she ended up marrying the best friend's husband. Like, they switched partners, you know? And they're both really happy now. So, like, it happens. I don't know. I think it's just we the world is ending and we need to focus on something other than, like, the bad air quality in New York City. So we're like, okay, who is cheating on who? And it's just, like, the perfect fire. Well, when I went to see Tom Sandoval in the most extras a few weeks ago in New York City. How was it? I'm dying. Let me tell you something. Great. Well, I here's the thing. I dragged two friends also okay. that went kicking and screaming. Then okay. we get there and like Nightline is outside for ABC. And, you know, they're like, if that camera pans, I'm like, I don't care. Like, yeah, then, yeah. of course, they were like, oh, they, someone that was working for Nightline knew that I was behind them. Yeah. So it just was, I'm like, okay, I'll talk to you, but you yeah. have to put the name of the podcast. Right, right, right. Great. Let's shout out, like, Lady Gang behind right. the Velvet yeah, yeah, Rope. Yeah. I'm like, I now I'll talk. But they were like, we're going to kill you. I'm like, you don't have to be in the shot. Yeah. I went thinking, like, this is a nice night off. Like, yeah. you see on, like, nobody goes. Right, right, right. Packed. So I went being like, oh, good. There's going to be no one around me. Seats. Like, Yeah, I'm just not in the mood for like a crowd. No, it was packed. People were. So for everyone who says there's no one at these shows, it's packed, 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 packed. Like as a hate watching packed or like people I are really th- into it? Uh, you know what it is? So the friends I brought. So when it was over, first of all, I was like, they're not going to last this whole yeah. time. Then when it was over, we get outside. I'm like, I'm just going to keep my opinions to myself. I'm yeah. going to hear about it. They were like, there was two girls. They were like. We're in love with Tom Sandoval. I'm like, yeah. I mean, okay, he's hot. He takes off the shirt, right. but I was, but I but the music it's cover band, yeah. so it's like speaking of super fan. You're like music, at a fun wedding. Yeah, it's stuff from like the 80s, 90s, and like early 2000s. You're like every song is good. I think his voice is kind of good. Okay, but when I wow, you should clip this and right? send it to him and be like. I support you. Come on my podcast. I listen. I will. I mean, so I also met him and I said, because I'm never, this yeah. is how it happens when I meet someone from Bravo. I feel it out. Either yeah. if you kind of know who I am, yeah. then we'll go with it. But if not, I just pretend like, oh, who right. am I? I'm yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Let, let me get all this content here. Sure. It just kind of came up and he's like, okay, I know and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, listen, nothing, I'm not going right. to. But I said, like, listen, we all hated Erica Jane. We all hated Rinna. Yeah. This will pass, man. Yeah. <laughs> so it'll here pass. I am giving life I know. advice. It, to it will pass. I just am so glad. Like, all I feel about Tom is that I'm so glad that I didn't get what I wanted from a relationship in my 20s. Like, he is the epitome of, like, the kind of guy that I loved throughout my 20s. And I'm so glad I didn't marry because it's, like, it's it's your, it's too old, too much, too fuckboy to be, like, an adult. Yeah. And I feel like I'm glad I, like, went up to the next level of man. But I understand why people are so attracted to him. Yeah, I get like, it. Like, I'm over that phase where I'm, like, this is just nothing for me. I'm, like... I need you to have a real job and I need you to like, you know, but for people, I get it. Like I get it, but I'm also like very cringy about it. It's like you're a Hollywood stereotype. You're 40 something. Right. Right. It's like still trying to make it. Like here's the thing. If he wasn't on Vanderpump rules, you're like, oh my God. Yeah. You'd be like, yeah. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I mean, it's like, yeah, I just, I don't know. I I can't with the mustache and the puka neck chill like the puka necklace. Like it's just it's a lot of like 
just it feels very 20s to me and I'm like old lady now so I'm looking for like do you have like gray hair and like a private jet like that's what I'm interested in yes <laughs> I'm like I'm like okay with that myself you know? you know I'm like oh I don't actually want to see your cover band on a Tuesday I would like to go to Barcelona well that's why I went I'm like what a lovely evening yeah, I'm like, yeah. I didn't realize so this chill. was going to be like a crowded concert oh where God. it was like so I'm glad you, know. you went though because yeah. you know what everyone's talking shit I like that you like went and you're like let me investigate and I appreciate that you go to homeless not toothless you go like I'm doing like the boots Lord's on, work. Yes, yeah, boots like on the ground. On ground I'll tell you what's really happening yeah I love that but I think listen I think first of all Andy is over being mad at you and thinking you're a bad host listen I think you'd be a great housewife Thank I'm just gonna so put much. it out there see you don't think you would talk behind someone's back but say that you were here with Garcelle right now she would say did you hear what Sutton said about you Kelty right and you would say well what I did know. she say she's, she's a lovely woman lovely, nice. and she would I mean, say yeah. she said the following seven things about you and you'd be sitting right there and you'd be like oh fuck that yeah no I know I'm not I'm not there yet I'm actually hoping that I could um, work less in the future so let's like let Superfan be a huge hit and I'll come back to LA once a year from my compound in Medellin and I will film an episode and then I'll take off again can but do you that? mean that we can definitely do that because you I saw some interview with you in preparation for this and I'm like oh my god we are like separated at birth you were yeah. saying like you know and I'm literally the exact same way that like if you have you know two jobs you're up for you want ten jobs even though you only have time for three jobs yes. and I'm like I don't need to listen to anything else you have to say yes. like I get it then I did listen to everything else you yeah. had to say and like what is what what is with us like are we do we not get enough love when we're young for sure like, what is because I was like a straight A like I was I this was always me we're overachievers and we find satisfaction through the acceptance from others and that is what Hollywood is filled with and that's why everyone's so nuts and I guess then we're in the right business, even though we really should. Because I'd like to work less myself. Yeah, I feel like I'm in the right business. Um, I I do know that in the future, I'm going to be so chill. I can see it coming. Me too. Every year, I'm like, ooh, I get like a little less able to deal with the bullshit of it all. Um, but I'm not there yet. I'm still enjoying running around like today is a crazy day like every day is like yesterday I did like a hundred things I was in Malibu and I'm like anyway it's like that's that's fun like that's a fun life and also like I think it's really important because I get talking about life and then I'm like and then it's like but what I want to say is it's important to have that gratitude right like how lucky am I that I get to run around and have four jobs there's a lot of people in LA that would kill to have even one of the experiences that I get to have um, I've worked very hard for them but that doesn't take away that there's like a little bit of luck a little bit of timing and so I don't want to be like oh god I have so many jobs I want to get out of here like I'm very thankful I'm very thankful that they called me to work at E I'm very thankful that Superfans happening I love our podcast I love those ladies I love working with them. Like, I feel very happy at this point in my life. And I feel a lot of gratitude to the people that have, like, taken a tiny chance on me. Is there ever a job that, like, you know, you look at, like, a Julie Chen. She's hosting Big Brother. I'm just, like, is mm -hmm. there ever a job where you were in the mix and you really, it's like the one, I mean, you're over it now maybe. Maybe yeah. you're not, but that you really wanted. Yeah. I this, always ask. This is so stupid. This, oh, my God. This is, this is so dumb. Um, when I was first starting out, this is Amy. I'm so sorry. I'm mean, the girl who ended up getting it. I, um, I was first starting out and I was on The Insider and I just started TV hosting. And somehow I was up for a show. I can't even remember what network it was on. I think it lasted two seasons. It was called, it was called Naked Dating. And they were like, we want you to host it. And I was like, amazing. And I went in and then they were like, you need to do a read and an audition. And I just, I prepped so hard. I was such a newbie that I had a coach. I prepped so hard for the read. Like, I don't know why I was trying so hard. They clearly just wanted me from who they saw. I bombed this audition and not just once. They called me back in and they're like, just come do it another day. Come do another day. And I went back in and I bombed it so bad. Like so bad, like I couldn't put my words together. It was not on a teleprompter. It was just, I mean, it was like the worst. And when I got the call, it was between me and this woman named Amy Pathrath. And she's become a friend and she works at ET now. Um, and Amy got the job. And when that call went with her, like, they're going to go with Amy, 
I did not get out of bed for four days over Naked Dating, the television show. And my team at the time was like, you really don't want this show because it's like, it's Naked Dating. Like, it's going to put you, like, you don't go from Naked Dating to Good Morning America. Do you know what I mean? I like, it puts you in a, in a world. But I was convinced that this was like the show that I was meant to host. Um, and then to be honest, like I really have never been even auditioned or asked to host anything else. I, I'm always busy. I'm always under contract. And then like, I just think, I know that's like kind of a harsh realization, but I appreciated it the other day when Rachel Ziegler was like, why do you want to be a part of this movie? And she was like, I needed a job. Like, I love people being honest about it. I don't get a ton of calls where people are like, do you want to host Mass Singer? And it's between me and Nick Cannon. Like, that's never been my career. I host things and have success with things that I create for myself. I don't get a lot of calls where people are like, I want you to do this thing for me. I mean, I do, obviously. I've had a lot of that luck, but... For the most part, it's me saying, I want to have this and nobody wants to give it to me, so I'm going to go create it. That's good though, right? I mean, you have a production company now. Yeah. I know that like Superfan yeah. is a part of, yeah. so. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's frustrating. I wish someone was like, hey, Ryan Seacrest is tired. Would you like to host Kelly and Kelty in the morning? Like, I would love that gig, you know? But this is this is the hand I've been dealt and, and I have to, if I want to do it, I have to create it for myself. Although, when E... I got that call. John Redman, um, my lovely friend and executive producer of E! News, called me and was like, hey, I want to meet up with you. And I thought he just wanted to have coffee. I didn't realize he was trying to offer me a job. So I blew him off for like six weeks because I'm so busy. And he was like, no, I want like I want you to come work at E! And I was like, oh. So I guess I do get those calls. I don't know what I do. I I don't know. See, we're the same like that, too. If you want to like have a drink with me, I mean, I'm available. Yeah. I'm not. But it's same thing. It might take six weeks. If yeah. you want to talk business with me. Tomorrow. I mean, right. I'm, like, I'm, I'm ready minutes. right now. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. It's, that's, it's crazy. It's weird. I know. I don't really have much of a like a social life. I know. But we love our job. So I it's okay. I love my job. Is there someone like on Lady Gang or all this work you do with like, who would you love to interview? Just like at the top of your, besides Paul Abdul. Paul Abdul Lady obviously Ed. is number one. Um, I... Oh my God, that's such a good question. And I feel like for me, it, it's I'm past the point of, oh my God, I want to interview Oprah or I want to interview these people because I've had the opportunity through the shows that I worked on um, to be able to interview pretty much every single person that would like gobsmack you. I think what makes it special now is like yesterday, um, I was with Mindy Kaling out in Malibu and I was the only one there, like the only member of the press that she invited. And we follow each other on Instagram and she's been a big inspiration for me and I love her books. And so we message a little bit, you know, not I wouldn't call us friends at all, but clearly something happened when I got the invitation like hey do you want to just come and like see the event and then I was like hey could I cover it for E! News somewhere along the line she was given an email that said hey Kelty wants to come and she said yes I trust her I want her she can come and interview me she doesn't do very many interviews right like that's what I get off on now it's not so much like who can you get on a red carpet because when these movie stars do movies, they're contractually obligated to do press. So yeah. it's not like, oh, wow. But it's these instances where someone trusts me, has a story to tell, um, where I've supported them or we've, I don't know, there's like this mutual trust that that's what I get really excited about. That makes sense because, right, red carpet, everyone's there. Yeah, it's like having making a really great moment. Like I was just in Rome for the um, Fast X premiere and Vin Diesel was there and he came over and he was talking about Meadow Walker and her being in the movie. And he just sat there for like five minutes and we just had this like really beautiful conversation about grief and how he stepped up in her life after Paul Walker died. And like I just walked away from that being like that was a really meaningful kind of moment in the ridiculousness of Hollywood. And that was really special too. What's because you have this production company? Like, yeah. what do you see the trends according? Like, what do you think the trends in reality TV are? I now? think people from, well, right now, I think networks are looking for really big, huge ensemble cast shows that are super colorful. Um, we've gone out with a couple shows that are like really niche, like, if you think like Tiger King or something that like is this and it doesn't seem like people are really into that like we want to follow one person that has this weird life it's very much like the housewives and the the big I mean obviously the housewives but it's like the big ensemble cast selling Sunset Bling Empire like these big shows with multiple multiple
multiple people and like a never ending web um, is is something that's really big. And then I, I think you're going to see a lot more game shows just with the writer's strike happening right now in Hollywood. Um, we went to this thing called MIPCOM, which is in Cannes, and we took Superfan to sell it around the world as a format. So you know how they have like The Voice Australia, The Voice Germany. Um, so we took our format out and people were really excited because it's very rare to get a new game show. Um, and game shows can run forever. And so I think out of... If you remember the last writer's strike, there was like a lot of Celebrity Apprentice and Apprentice and that type of like Survivor-ish so, show. Yeah. So I think we're going to see a lot more of that. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I wish that I knew exactly what they wanted because I would make it. But it's actually very hard. The ratio of like shows you sell to shows you pitch oh is gosh. exhausting. It's <laughs> so hard to get a reality show on the, the air. air. It's it just crazy. really and is. And then when they get on the air, it's so hard to have them work. Like, I love Brad Goreski and Todrick Call, and they just had that show on MTV, and I don't think it worked. But it's like, these are all great people who have great stories and are amazing on television. So it's just getting it on TV and then having it be magical is next level. That's what I always tell someone. I'm like, if I got a show or what, I wouldn't, right, I would be excited in, in the middle of season two when we were still hot. Yeah. Season, it did not work, the friend, the real friends of WeHo. I like know all those guys yeah. too. It just didn't, didn't work. Didn't go, right? Yeah. And when, when Lady Gang, when our podcast Lady Gang had our show on E, we got like a season and a half essentially before they canceled us. And it was one of those things where like everything was lined up. Like we had a great budget. We had a hit podcast. We had amazing producers. We had the sickest network. A famous actress. Like, yeah, we had, it was all perfect. Famous red carpet host. Yeah, it, it just like for some reason, I mean, it's actually become like quite internet famous on TikTok now, but for some reason at the time, it just wasn't what people wanted at 11 p.m. on Sunday nights. I, they wanted something else. And so you can have the best intentions and actually get a really great show made that you're proud of. And it's just doesn't like our got. I was like, where are the girls? Like, where are the listeners of the podcast? Because our podcast is incredible. And people were just like, I don't know if it was the time slot or they just didn't like the format of the show. But you can even have a hit thing and still bomb. Right. Like it's based on a hit podcast. Right. So you would be like, oh, this people. is a shoe in. Right. And we have E backing us. Yeah. But the Busy Phillips show also didn't work. And that was great. And that was our lead in. Right. So it was like, that was hard too. And then we have the Kardashians, the house that E built. And yeah. it's like, did you, as we wrap up, and then we'll t two more questions. Like, as do, do you have a lot of run ins with the Kardashians during your time at E? And I mean, you're back yeah. at E now. I mean, um, well, and I love a good Kardashian. So there's no shade in this question. Yeah, I love them all. Um, I could list, I have a list in order of the order in which I love them. Me but too. I, um, I, I, I think Kim Kardashian gets a lot of crap and I have to tell you that I've never met a celebrity that's more on time more prepared more professional like when you're interviewing Kim at 10 a.m. at 9 55 she walks into the room with the glam team they're putting the gloss on they're brushing the hair she's ready to go she knows where she's standing and like it she's done like there's no waiting there's no fuss there's no I need a water there's no oh like she is so professional so wonderful gives you everything you need and is sweet as pie so I have no shade for them I have heard from so many people like yourself every single person says the exact same thing about specifically Kim but all the Kardashians yeah. that they work they're professional and then someone else told me like Kim understands it so that you get your soundbite. You know, if you're trying to get the soundbite within like one, I'm like two minutes with every interview she does. She knows what you need. And like, we can now move on because this is really what you wanted for right. your headline. No shade. You got yeah. it. I got it. Love you. See you soon. A hundred percent. They're really, really smart and savvy and lovely. Um, I mean, I would like to get invited to Kris Jenner's Christmas Eve party, yes. but like I, maybe eventually, you know. Who is your favorite Kardashian? I have them all ranked too. Oh, Kim's my number one. Who's your number one? Chloe Money, but Lord Disick. Yeah, I love my Lord Disick. I know it's. I do you think there's a world in which Chloe and Scott end up together? Oh wow! I just have always felt like I know they're really, really good friends, and that might be too weird, but like I just feel like they could be great together. They would be. I mean, I have never thought of this. I thought I've thought of everything regarding the Kardashians. That's really, I think they would be absolutely great together. Like best friend, you know, it didn't work with Kanye and Kim. You yeah. danced, didn't you dance? I danced for Kanye. Yeah. He was one of my first jobs in New York. How was that? Um, I was. And is Kanye okay these days? You know, I don't know. I have a lot of, um, 
I have a lot of uh, compassion for Kim. Like sometimes late at night when I'm spiraling, I write a letter to Kim Kardashian in my head about what it's like. And and I I believe that Kanye has spoken or someone has confirmed that he does suffer from bipolar and my yeah. brother's bipolar. Um, and so like I've written her letters in my head that I've never sent about what it's like to love someone with bipolar and how difficult and heartbreaking that is. So I feel like... I feel exactly how I, I feel about Kanye the way that I feel about my my own brother, which is like I'm cautiously optimistic, but know kind of where this story ends eventually. And I feel really horrible for her that she's raising her children in this situation because it's like I just remember when my when my brother at times when he's been really sick, it's like you almost wish, and this is such a terrible thing to say, but like you almost wish that they had a bad accident, like lost a leg or had cancer that they could like treat with chemo because you would have a treatment plan that you know is going to work or not going to work. Right. With mental illness, it's just like you just keep trying things and it's always changing. So it's like what medication he may be or what he was doing in his life when they got married and he seemed like he was in a really good place. A year later, taking the exact same thing or doing the exact same thing, your brain has me- melted in a million different ways and doesn't work anymore. And it's so frustrating and hard. So I, I have a lot of compassion. Um, and I just, uh, I feel for her. I feel, I think that's why she's my favorite. Yeah. And she had, and I could do, and then we'll wrap up. I could do a whole podcast just on mental health, but she had started speaking out and just saying, you know, ex- everything you just said. Like, it's you really know, hard. she tries not to for the kids, but she's like, it's really hard. Like, no one seems to understand. Like, it's truly hard behind, which I mean, and, understands with anyone that has that in their family or, yeah. you know. And by the way, it's, it's passed down generationally. So she may be looking at, you know, her life in the future with these kids. Like, how are they going to grow up to be, you know, they're in the spotlight. And then also they're, you know, predispositioned to have some sort of, you know, um, you know, struggle in some way in that way. So I don't want to say that they have anything with, I don't know these children, but you know, it's like, it's it's just one of those hard things. Like when I thought about having kids, I was like, Ooh, you know, like I know this side sort of seed of this is in me and I don't know that I want to exist with, pushing it forward you know like i think it can just end with me dark well listen Back to housewives listen you are going to be working really hard because i mean super fan is about to be unleashed onto Thank the you. world anything else you want to cover everyone needs to watch it no watch um, we're premiering june 9th and listen i know you're, you're august 9th uh, sorry august oh my God. it was june 9th before the writer's Thank strike you. listen i i august 9th we're premiering august 9th and this is what i will say to your listeners because i know they're deep into hollywood is that like we probably have two episodes before they can it or like renew it. So if you could just watch the first two for sure and tweet about it, um, I would be most, most, you Listen, know, we have um, LL Cool J on the And premise. Shania Twain. So it's like you've got great episodes. And if those can just get off the ground, I feel like we can have a, a good run with this show. And when we all watch the first two episodes after it's a success next season, we're going to have Cher. We're going to probably get Dolly Parton. Exactly. Like it just you know? opens up the world of like the people that were like, ooh, I can't do it this year, but I'll do it next year. Like mm. you're gonna have it be a success in all these countries, and then you really probably will be working maybe less because you can just have everyone working for you from your microphone <laughs> into right? that. It's never gonna happen that way, but I appreciate I'm that just you're giving, giving you good it. vibes here. I know. I like, I'm like, know? oh no, oh no, yeah. I, I'm excited. I, I'm really excited, it. and and you know, it is like this this self made moment. Like I'm, you know, I don't have famous parents. I don't have a silver spoon. This is like you're not a nepo baby. I'm not a nepo baby. Like this is this is the grit and hard work of like someone who's put in the time. And so just having your support and having you having me on the show means so much. And the support of your fans just is really um, it's really special. So thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Come back anytime. Lady Gang, everyone needs to listen to. Also, it's a great podcast. And, you know, this has been great. So anytime you want to stop by. I can see why we have our mutual friend, John Pascarella. We love him. Yep. So thank you so much. Thanks, guys. Oh, my God. That was great. great. Thanks for listening to yet another episode of Behind the Velvet Rope. Because without you listeners, I would just be a crazy person with voices in my head. And if you like what you hear, subscribe, subscribe, subscribe on Apple Podcasts under Behind the Velvet Rope. 
And when you're done subscribing, feel free to leave a five-star write-up review because the write-up reviews actually count. We read each and every one of them. We post the best ones and the reviews really help our shows keep going. And we really appreciate everything you guys say, especially the positive ones. And if you want to find us online, we're at Behind Velvet Rope on Instagram. We are at David Yontef on Instagram. We're Behind The Velvet Rope on Apple Podcasts. Or head on over to Patreon, because you know what? There are just some things we can't talk about here. So for our bonus episodes, go to Patreon and type in Behind the Velvet Rope. And if you still aren't sick of me and you want more David, go to Cameo and book me on Cameo. And you can ask me anything there. I'll answer whatever you want. And I have a bargain basement price of $10. Thank you guys. See you soon.